Hi, I'm Chriselle. And hi, I'm Aya. And you're listening to the Pastian Podcast. And today, we're joined by our lovely guest, Karen Santana, and a new guest, Justine Wagan. Introduce yourself, guys. Hi, everyone. It's me, Karen Santana. My pronouns are she, they, he. I identify as queer and gender fluid. I'm from grade 11, and this is actually my second time here in the podcast. Hi, I'm Jazz. Um, I use him as my pronouns, but I don't really care that much. So, kahit ano na lang. As for my identity, I'm born proudly G, as in gay. I'm a grade 11 transferee and first time ko to being involved in an SSG thing and, and it's the Pasillan Podcast. Yay! Welcome to the podcast! Yes, Grab Slay. a transferee pa rin. It's already the end of the school year. You're basically a Pasillan at this point. Like, ako. Original Pasillan. <laughs> as we label it. <laughs> Homegrown. <laughs> Homegrown char. Same joke, bye. <laughs> oh, gee. Ayun, so... Um, I guess let's introduce ourselves, Din Kisel. So, I am Aya. I identify as a non-binary and gender-fluid person. For my sexuality, I just call myself queer because I kind of just like whatever I like. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and you, Kisel. I'm Kisel, and I can be anything you like. <laughs> Char! Um, because, <laughs> ano, I haven't pinpointed, I haven't settled on the label yet, but I think for now, queer and pansexual slay okay so for this episode we will be talking about pride month and we will be celebrating it with our two special guests and i'm very excited because this is jazz's first time sa podcast so i saw sa facebook kanina that there are several pride marches that are happening um this month so do you guys plan on attending any of those uh, yes actually i'm going to the one in and uh, Yes, actually, I'm joining yung sa June 25th. I forgot what the organization is called, but it's in QC Memorial. I also invited Karen and Jazz, but I don't know if nagpaalam na sila. <laughs> well, I think the same goes naman. I think I am going to the Pride March na Aya mentioned in June 25th. I think it's Metro Manila You're Pride mistaken. if I am not mistaken. But yeah, I really... <laughs> I'm mistaken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I really look forward to going to Pride because this is, this is actually going to be my first Pride. Me too! Pride. I'm actually really yeah. excited because so for exciting. the past few Pride months, I've been like a sad, queer, closeted We've teen. been in quarantine. Plus in quarantine, <laughs> so it's been kind of like hard I don't know. It's okay. I'm still excited though. True. Better late than so never, real. you know. So true. So, an essential part of Pride Month is being proud of who we are. So, in this episode, we asked you guys, the Pasians, to fill out a Google form that asked a bunch of questions about um, realizing our identities and our experiences living um, in the Philippines as an LGBTQ plus member. So, um, without further ado, let's just get into it. And for the first, for the first question, how did we realize our identities? Okay, so to answer that question, I guess I'm gonna go first. Um, I think for me, I realized, quote unquote, realized my identity. I think um, very early on in my life, like. Around like when I was five or six years old, I was like literally a child. And I think it's because I've always viewed girls like in a different way. You know, like I didn't 
necessarily think it was romantic or sexual. Obviously, I was a child, you know, that wasn't in my vocabulary as a child. But, you know, like, you have this feeling that it's different, right, with girls. Um, and that was how it felt like growing up. Um, I never had crushes on boys growing up when I was young. And I actually always just disregarded my feelings with girls because I thought that, you know, it was bad. Pero look where we are now, diba? And also, I think even though I realized my, you know, my sexuality or like my queerness very early on, um, it took a very long time for me to actually, you know, do something and act upon it, acknowledge it because of external factors, you know? Um, as I said, I thought it was bad and I don't really think it was just, you know, in my family, you know, my parents never really told me that it was bad, but it was more on, you know, just things that I see around me and especially during those times, you know, like 2010s, um, that was still like a different like topic, you know, being queer, like the LGBT community, it wasn't as widely spoken of during that time. So I feel like that was, you know, one of the highlights of me realizing my sexuality. Yeah, though, I definitely relate to that, especially the never having crushes on guys. Like, I think growing up, I never had crushes in general, because as a kid, I never, like, understand, right? I, I never understood how it worked. Right? Yes, same! Oh my gosh, yes, I've I'm just gonna add to that, like, never actually having crushes, cause, like, even if I said that, like, I've always liked girls, I never, I didn't know that I liked them yeah, until exactly. now. Like, it was just now that I realized, oh, maybe that was a crush. But during that time when I was living in that moment, I did not consider that as a crush. Like, you know, like, I just thought that crush should be a boy. And, like, I never felt like that towards anyone. And especially seeing, you know, how, like, my friends reacted to things like that. I was like, well, I never, like, I never felt like, I never felt killing with anyone. I never wanted to, like, kiss or just anything with anyone growing up. So, you know, that was, like, different. And I really just thought, nah, I just, I never had crushes. And it wasn't until I came um, into terms with my sexuality that I realized, oh, maybe no, I didn't I have get a crush that. on this Cause, girl. Like, I remember growing up, how I saw crushes was just like, like <laughs> I don't know if everyone, if anyone else, okay, I don't know if anyone else has this experience, but as a kid, whenever someone would ask me who was my crush, in my head, I would just like pull up the list of boys in my class and be like, okay, who's the lucky one? Exactly! <laughs> like, I never really liked oh my them. God, I just yes. kind of chose them by random because I didn't understand it. Yeah, you know, yeah, and like that, like definitely happened to me. I mean, like growing up, I mean, that I think that's normal, you know, even with like little kids, they're talking about crushes. Well, not like, not boyfriends and girlfriends, but like crushes, you know, with little kids. And sometimes, like, even adults would ask you, like, oh, do you have a crush? Blah, 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 blah. And I, you would feel that peer pressure, even at that age, there is peer pressure to like, you know, conform to like the peers that you have. And, like, I would just name, right? like, my boy best friend. Like, my best friends who are boys. And it was like, mm, I like them, so maybe I have a crush on them. Yeah, I think it's like just because growing up, I never had the option to like girls. It's like, no one hid me. Like, no one told me. No one told me that being gay was bad. But no one told me it existed either. Yeah. So I, I kind of just, like, conformed yeah. to the default, which is girls have crushes on guys. And guys have crushes on girls. And that's it. Exactly. Does anyone want to enter? Hello, Chriselle, Jazz. Yeah. Yeah, I have like a completely different story. Sa inyo, like, like sa pag pagkawala na crush. Cause ako, how I discovered my sexuality. Cause you know, 
I am like closeted for a lot of years kasi pero like bata pa lang it has always been na uh, those girly things like the way I talk the way the way I move the way I express myself yeah so it's the Barbies it's the YouTubers na girls it's the makeups pero sa, about sa crush I think it is just nung gitna ng high school na na parang accept ko sa sarili ko na I can have crush on boys kagaya na sa inyo pero ano, matagal akong... Wait, di ko alam yung story ng buhay ko. Laban ko. Relatable. Wait lang. Biglang nakalimutan ko yung buhay ko. The lost in translation <laughs> yata. Ilan ako nagka-crush? Nung grade 8 ba yun? Tapos may cringy ka pang sinabi? Ay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, one to two. So, in terms naman sa crush, I think I was closeted kasi for a lot of years. So, it is just nung kitna ng high school, ako naka- natanggap na, hello, nagkakakrush mo ako sa lalaki. Itos ayun, puro na lalaki after that. Pero that one crush scene is traumatizing for me. So after that, wala na. Naging aromatic. Pero yeah. Traumatizing. <laughs> na trauma. Culture shock. True. Pero yeah, that's the story of me discovering my identity. Yeah, I haven't told my story yet, but I want to hear from Chriselle. Wow, wait, this is a weird, unconventional... I feel like a lot of people have experienced this, but... You know, sometimes when you discover something about yourself and you feel like an imposter, so you take so many quizzes about it online, and... I don't know, um... And so basically... It's giving Nick Nelson. <laughs> Cheers, go. So basically, I've never really had a relationship, like a formal one. So I don't have a standpoint to compare it on. And I've never really seen um, and how people express love outside like platonic love and familial love, for sure. But I've never seen people outside of movies and TV shows express affection to one another. And that made the idea of love and sexuality and romanticism for me very vague. And at the same time, my story isn't as grand as having a crush on my girl best friend or um, discovering that something I was doing back when I was a kid was gay. It was more of a choice. I woke up and I chose gay. Hindi naman ganon pero it was a build up of things. I don't know if I'm explaining it very clearly, but it's a build up of things for sure. And but yeah, yeah no, I get that. It's not like yeah. Because sometimes it's not like one giant realization. Sometimes exactly. you just you kind of it kind of just hits sometimes, you. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes like the things and the, like the events in your life just pile up and pile up until like, oh, like I didn't realize that it was building up to this moment. And it wasn't. It's not like a big, like aha moment. You know, it's just that oh, it like it finally clicks. You know, like things in my life make sense. You know, yeah. it's it it's like it's anticlimactic but also you realize that oh this was what I was missing in myself yeah and like puberty was such a factor in it like back then when you were a child as you said earlier it was kind of a requirement to have a crush 
to be socially acceptable. The thing is, I wasn't socially acceptable by th- back then. And I was kind of a bad kid or a bad person. When I look back at myself, I cringe. But now, it's like, I will... I've come to terms with the fact that I will be attracted to whoever I am going to be... A- I choose to be attracted with, like... It's it's science. It's like you can wear it. It's it's weird because sometimes when you're telling stories like this and you don't have like a specific aha moment, you just feel like, oh my god, maybe it's just me trying to fit in with other people. Like a lot of my friends are gay, so maybe I'm gay too. You know that feeling, nah. Um, your feelings aren't valid because you are not locked into liking just one gender. Is that like, and then I don't. Yes, absolutely. And then I don't dress. Um, I mean, I dress as like, I still come across as cisgender, which is very lucky for me because I don't get to experience the homopho- the constant homophobia, and I don't get to be talked to, and to be honest, cat called that much since I don't really go out the house, but. <laughs> Ayon, it's but when I was a child, because I was joining a lot of pageants, and you're required to wear like dresses and gowns, and I really enjoy that. But when I was in quarantine, I really came to what, especially when um, I got to express myself differently with the suits and a lot of things that aren't conventionally worn by women it's freeing and it's freeing to know that I couldn't just be attracted to one gender like sometimes the idea of being romantic with a man repulses me to be honest and maybe that's how I knew I was I was not like there there was something wrong okay so basically the gist is um, I've decided to not be unlabeled yet because I don't think I am ready to conform to something yet because it feels like that because in your whole life when you've conformed to a gender it's kind of hard to unlearn all the misogynistic um, contexts of everything you're doing or like how or like the stigma of it all yeah like I, I truly relate and like I truly understand what you're what you're saying, especially, you know, the part where you said nah, you know, sometimes you don't feel like, you know, you're actually queer because you're just not not like as stereotypically queer as your other friends, you know? And I feel like this is also one of like a very important topic in like talking about being queer is that like there's no standard. There's no, like, rule book, you know? You cannot, as you've said, you can't, like, confine yourself in that box. You have to free yourself from that box. And being unlabeled for you and also for me, like, um, it's something that is very freeing. And it just gives you, you know, just be happy, you know? Don't stress yourself over finding labels or whatever for yourself that, you know, you don't feel comfortable with. Just be free. And speaking of being free... Someone else. I guess my story, um, it's kind of, 
on the co- on the contrary, Chriselle, I had the biggest crush on one of my best friends, who Chriselle. Okay, everyone in this podcast knows who it is, but um, wala like just me liking her made me realize like okay, wait, is this straight behavior? <laughs> like, like in my head, like I know I have best friends, like I. I'm so close with my besties. Like I'm like the type of friend who's like very affectionate, very loud, and even like right now, a lot of people will think that I'm dating a few of my friends just because I'm really affectionate with them, you know? Because we treat each other like a couple. Because that's what best friends do, right? But like as like an eighth grader, in my head, I was like, wait, this doesn't seem like very heterosexual behavior. <laughs> and then voila, I just started researching, looking into it, and then eventually, I came. To the conclusion that I was not straight, I didn't really like have a set label. Like I think at one point I identified as pan, and then at one point I identified as a lesbian, and then at one point I just kept on like switching and changing labels and experimenting and testing what felt like comfortable. But ayo, and like on the topic of labels, then I feel like my the way that I experience attraction as I grow older, and especially throughout puberty, is like changing a lot. So. That's why my label and my attraction changes a lot. So that's why right now I kind of just stick to queer. Um, ayon. <laughs> the reason why I'm sticking with the label queer for now is that growing up, like I still am discovering what I like, who I like. You know, like there's a lot of aspects to it, and I think I'm just most comfy sticking with queer because it's kind of vague. But you know, it's like part of the community. So ayon. That's why I label myself how I am. I love that. <laughs> I love how you know, like you saying that you were, you know, there was a point in your life where you were just jumping label per label, and I think that you know that's like very relatable. And a lot of people, you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not insinuating anything, but a lot of people would think, you know, that being not very ideal, or like some people even call that problematic. But for me personally, like I don't see anything wrong with you know switching labels or whatever when you don't identify with it anymore and i think there is like one of like the most powerful like parts of the word queer is that you don't have to stress on like finding a certain label if you don't if you can't really do it you know you're just queer and you're just happy that's it yes i love that so much like i feel like It's often stigmatized, not even just being queer or identifying as queer, but identifying as unlabeled. Because sometimes there's this issue of queer baiting in media, and um, it's just detrimental to the people who are trying to genuinely find themselves and their sexuality and come to terms with it. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is. With this podcast episode, we hope to um, promote uh, an open discussion and a no judgment discussion and a respectful one in the sense about this. Yeah, absolutely. Topic. I feel like there's a lot of pressure nowadays for like anyone in the community to just know exactly what their label is. When in reality, like we're all just kids, we're all just teens trying to discover who we are, and we shouldn't expect anyone or like we shouldn't expect everyone to be so sure of their identity. 
But if you are, then good for that's you. Good. Like, good for you. you. Know, good for but you. not everyone is like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> True. And I feel like I saw that a lot in the responses of Pasians. I feel like the four of us kind of represent yes, the spectrum of no pun intended. The spectrum of the um responses towards this question. So I found like um a response that parang kay Karen thinking they think that the signs have been there since forever when they were a little kid and whenever they got prizes during Christmas parties it's always hairpins and they didn't find it cool at all so even like those as I said those little things really build up talaga to like not even an aha moment it's just like you wake up one day it's like oh okay I'm gay I think hopefully <laughs> parang ganon so I feel like another thing is parang kay jazz na that's how they always um, express themselves so meron din dito I was often called a, tom- a tomboy but I didn't like how it sounded on me um, I kept being told I was secretly a boy meron ba dito ang naka-experience dun? like I they think you're secretly a boy or secretly yes, a girl uh, yes or, and can we okay side note lang can we get into that later like the yes thinking, absolutely okay fair yes sure. yes yes absolutely there's something here that really sad it said like in many of my old diary entries i would draw me in the middle of boys and girls secluded and alone i guess that's when i realized in sixth grade i was non-binary this whole time it was an amazing feeling um i never i've never felt more like who i was because i knew i wasn't comfortable all feminine all masculine and viewed as AMAB or AFAB at all. It was a special Absolutely. And I think that's the beautiful part about being non-binary is that your identity itself strays away from the standards and what people expect of you. And voila, it took me a long time then, like you, to kind of realize it and accept it. But now I see it as something... I, I see it as a really big part of my identity because I am, like, I'm like you, Chrisa, like the type of person who can be like feminine one day or masculine one day because I'm not like comfortable with staying the same all the time. I like changing the way I look and the way I present and who I am. And that's okay. Exactly. And also I would just like to add that like I very much relate to Chriselle's story of when I was young thinking that what if I was secretly just a boy stuck in a girl's body and that is like a, was a very common occurrence um, during my childhood because I mean I grew up um, you know, with my, you know, my parents wanting me to, you know, wear dresses, look pretty and all that. And I love that, you know, like growing up, I loved those things. But as I was starting to grow up, um, I started to realize that, oh, maybe um, I want something new. Maybe I want to try, you know, masculine clothes. But then it would make me think that, is it wrong that I want to dress up as a boy? Which, you know, led to me experiencing really bad um, gender dysphoria at a very young age when I didn't even know it was a thing. You know, at seven years old, you don't really, you don't really know what gender dysphoria means, but you're experiencing it and you feel so confined in your own body, in your own expression. And it wasn't until, you know, I finally came to terms with my identity as non-binary, as gender fluid, that I... I made it, I've been at peace with that point in my life because growing up, that has always been, you know, a very dark 
as I would like to call it before a phase because I really thought that it was a phase. It wasn't. But at that time, it was a very dark phase in my life. But now I can look back at it and, you know, make the good into, I mean, make the bad into something good. And I really do feel like that was the power of me, um, you know, embracing the fact um, that I was non-binary and I was gender fluid. And also, um, you know, the cherry on top of that is... Um, just like Aya, you know, I'm someone who, you know, one day I could want to be masculine, want to be masculine, and then the other, I want to be feminine, and that is, that is totally fine, that is great, and one of the reasons why I was able to, and like, the moment that I finally accepted and acted upon this masculine side of me, that was when I truly appreciated me being feminine because growing up I would hate being feminine I would I would just hate everything about you know being a girl but it wasn't until I acted upon my masculinity that I am um, I embraced femininity so I think that's like a very powerful um thing that happens when you like really you know embrace your actual identity true that's like another thing too you know a lot of people are still scared to like fully show and express their identities obviously because of things like that and in, even in a, a society you know a quote-unquote progressive society here in the philippines it's still very much prevalent there is still a lot of hate crimes um and also i think the fact that there are some people who you know um, who feel like, you know, they want to try experimenting but, I, but are too scared but they're still content in, you know, the things that they show. Um, you know, like for example, um, boys who, you know, want to try maybe um, expressing femininity but they're still very much comfortable um, and secure with, you know, their masculinity and that's great for them but um, it is kind of sad though, however, that there are people who are uncomfortable with the way they present themselves you know they're like they're too scared to present as someone else yeah. um but deep inside you know that that's how they would really find peace um i think this is necessarily yeah. applicable to um to like trans people you know like having to um how do you say that like suppress this need to like just express yourself in the gender you identify with when you're so like when you just feel so bad in the way you express yourself but yeah that is definitely you know two sides of each coin um and it really just depends on the person how like they feel about it yeah no i get that i think that is an effect of patriarchy because like not just for trans women i mean i think especially for trans people but everyone in general for guys kasi if they try and explore their feminine side parang sasabihin like parang i-criticize sila right or people will say like oh you're not a real man or wala like they'll they'll uh they'll question i mean people will question their own masculinity and if it's a girl naman wala i feel like everything <laughs> everything a girl does gets criticized by society and that can affect not only like Cis, not only like cis people but also trans people especially because uh, like especially when you're trans like people expect you to be this one specific stereotype and if you're not then they don't see you as one you know it's like if you're a trans guy you have to be like 
you have to be like skinny you have to have this specific hair type you have to present in this specific way when in reality trans should not have a look trans is just your it's just your identity it's just the way you are and voila like <laughs> exactly, you know, the way that you said that trans people have this standard of how you're supposed to look, especially um, when viewed by, you know, um, um, straight people, you know, especially like homophobic, transphobic people, you have to be passing of the gender that you're presenting. So for example, you're a trans woman, you have to look perfectly like a woman in order to be accepted and, and like vice versa with trans man i mean a trans man and it's just so crazy because like you don't have to look a certain way to be trans there is no one way of um, showing um how you are trans and i would also just like to add how i think a lot of people just associate the word gender expression with um LGBT with the LGBTQIA plus community, you know, gender expression, I think now usually equates to being queer, but have people really realized how even straight people, even cishet people express their gender, you know, everyone, regardless of your sexuality, regardless if you're queer or you're straight, you express your gender and yes, absolutely. And like, like based exactly, oh, and like the way you present your gender, I mean, like the way you present yourself, like in general. Let's not even get into gender. Just the way you present yourself physically, has nothing to do with your sexuality or anything else in your life. You know, it's truly just your, it's your preference and it's how you're comfortable with. And I think it's really sad how, you know, with straight people usually it's like you know like a stereotype. They don't even like celebrate it as gender expression because they're just doing what you know a lot of people expect them to do and i think that's like yeah the thing about it too is like when a lot of people don't like especially straight people don't realize that they're basking in the privilege that um you know queer people have such a hard time with absolutely um i guess this is an example of why the patriarchy affects us all, straight or not. Okay, so here's the thing that I can relate then because yung yung all yung sa kwento ko kanina na I'm afraid to still show my parang feminine side and everything and do naman sa trans sa trans thing. The thing about pronouns, because like it is just nung pumasok ako sa pasig side that I na nalaman ko yung the thing about these pronouns. What are this? I mean, I know pronouns, pero the like changing. <laughs> Like the changing, <laughs> the changing of pronouns. Like how I, how na ako pala yung pwedeng magdikta ko ano yung gusto kong pronouns. He, him, he, she, and all that. Like up up to now, I still use he and him. Kasi parang I still have don't that that much knowledge about the pronouns. And I'm glad to, I'll be glad to hear some from you because I have here, I have here um responses na parang there are pronouns na XE. Can you tell me about XE pronouns and everything? Absolutely. <laughs> I think we've discussed this before, Das, in our research, yung closet research, plug lang. Um, but uh, XE or Z pronouns are an example of neo-pronouns, which is basically 
pronouns that are not the norm and it's just a way for some people to express themselves specifically non-binary people or people on the neurodivergent spectrum because people experience gender in different ways by the way gender is literally a social construct so of course we're all gonna have unique experiences you can use use z sorry you can use xe or like z pronouns the same way that you use singular uh pronouns like for example if you say she in a sentence you can just replace it with z and that would still be grammatically correct um yeah so it's more of a neutrality so gender (laughs) does not equate to pronouns yeah 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 like i feel like we haven't we've discussed being attracted to people but we didn't we haven't really discussed um not being attracted to people and i've read like four um entries here about uh being egoromantic and aromantic and asexual so i just want to read one of them so this is from a ninth grade student hi my pronouns are she sem and she her and i ad- and i identify as aeroace or at least somewhere on the spectrum lol i'm not that sure about my sexuality yet but for now i think it's egosexual or egoromantic um i don't have it all figured out though and i think um thank you for your honesty and i feel like it's again we've discussed the pressure of having to know what you are and it's completely fine if you don't but see here um they knew that they were aromantic because um, they don't think they've had any crushes, like, ever. Like, everyone always seems to have one, and I've... They said, like, everyone always seems to have one, and I've just never related to them. Yet, I do enjoy consuming romantic content and media, and I do fantasize about it. But I just don't want for don't want that for myself. Thinking about being in a relationship with someone is a major no-no, lol. If it's not egoromantic, then it's definitely somewhere on the spectrum. And I think something that is very um, discussed around the Google Forms is that gender and sexuality is a spectrum. So it is like you can, it's like literally an kunware de basa test we have like multiple choice. It's not like that. It's yes, essay that's form. A great yeah, that's, a, that's great. Oh my <laughs> god. Because it's not just yeah. yeah, it's not just bullet points <laughs> now you're gonna pick out, you know, and that's it. It's literally an essay. It's subjective. It's up to you and there's no right or wrong answer as long as you feel comfortable with it. And while we're on the topic of um agro and um aero a spectrums um, I feel like this is a very important time to address how there, how, like, you know, during, especially during Pride, you know, people are always caught up in the people that you're attracted to, you know, love or attraction and all of that. But we have to take into, into consideration our siblings who don't feel sexually attracted or like romantically attracted to anyone. Um, and that's totally valid. So. Um, if you're in that spectrum, you are totally valid. You don't have to feel pressured about wanting to, you know, wanting someone, wanting to have relationships with someone because that is part um, of your identity. And I feel like um, a lot of people actually um, just, you know, are scared to 
explore the spectrum because it's something that you know even within the lgbt community it's you know kind of a taboo if i can if i may say so myself um it's almost as if you know people are just always talking about um attraction and all of that and i feel like also being queer and just the idea of queerness is very sexualized and a lot of people associate sex with you know gender um, and identities and i feel like it's also important to shed light on the people who are not attracted to that because that is their identity and that is valid yeah so i can i can relate Gona. those parang sexualized things of queers here's a isang response sa g forms natin sabi niya i find it so annoying that my cousin fetishizes bl or what we call the boys love she's like omg is that bl to everything and when it's girls love naman she say it's weird like go away and you know nung dito nung quarantine nga lang nung start of quarantine you know na sobrang nagboom yung bl industry nung parang lumabas yung together nandun sila bright and after that Parang ang dami na lang ng fetishize ng BL na pag walang making love scene, parang they'd consider it boring na parang a queer love for them is just making love. <laughs> Wait, ano kasi, for someone who's like kind of gay, I'm gonna say kind of gay but it's queer, I haven't watched the BL series or um, maybe I've seen like um, movies and you know those like sitcoms na oh my god you, have you watched friends where they fetishize like women making out and um ano ba yun? um like some series kind of accentuates that um discrimination i'm gonna say sexualization of the whole being queer thing like it's so engraved in our brains not just because we grew up in a heteronormative world but also because of the movies because the movies that we watch reinforces the belief that it's only done to gain affection from the opposite sex yon Parang it, it makes you more desirable if you make out with a woman because that means you're cool girl, you're gay, you're, um, you're, ano, you're like, right, Amy. Right. I think another factor that yeah. into that, I mean, you kind of mentioned it already, but the sexualization or I guess the way that queer media nowadays is always viewed from the male point of view. It's always from the male gaze. And that is why I think shows like Heartstopper, for example, is so important because it's very much like, safe for work it's for children it's for literally like 13 year olds the netflix show at least and i think that kind of representation is something that we need more because growing up i would have killed to see myself represented on screen with no like sexual like i mean how do i say this inappropriate with no, things yeah with no like inappropriate nuances i would have killed i mean i would have loved as it as a oh my god i would have loved as a child to just be able to see myself on screen with nothing inappropriate just like see what it was like like having a crush having a cute little romance like i really needed that as a kid and i think it that affects a lot of other queer people as well i think this also translates with how important it is for um queer media and all of that to be accessible um, and available to children, you know, um, especially during Pride right now, in Pride, um, you know, gatherings and marches, protests and all of that, I feel like it's very important to include, you know, not just the adults, 
but families and children into this because it's not just the adults, you know, who have the right to express their sexuality. It's also the kids, especially the kids who need representation and who need to see how, you know, being whoever they want to be is all right, that they're going to be loved. And as you've said with Heartstopper, I think this is like a very big milestone for um, the queer community, especially the youth to have this representation where being queer does is not equated to just you know doing adult stuff not just adults um and it makes it feel real it connects to us um on a personal level because it's real it's not overplayed it's not too dramatic um and i feel like that's also one of the things too um with queer relationships they make it very dramatic very heavy um, and it's very refreshing, literally, to see a story that's just lighthearted and fun and like it's, a, it's like very light to watch. Um, and yeah, I think this is also why it's a lot more enjoyable to, to kids and like to young people because, you know, it's real life. Um, not everything about real life is dramatic um, and being queer isn't just dramatic. I mean, obviously it can be, but being queer is just life. You know, it's not, it's not diff, it's not extraordinary. I mean, like obviously it's special, but like it's not weird. It's not alien from like other identities. What I'm, but what I'm getting here is that you know it should just be viewed as something normal, and not as something to be viewed as a spectacle because being queer sometimes or most of the time is objectified and I feel like it's very important to just blend it with, with reality and with life and just ground it because it's not weird, it's not crazy, it's not strange. It's just normal. Yeah, I think about Heartstopper, I think I found an evidence how that Little Cute series made a big impact on queer people. Sabi dito ni, um, code name niya is Nelly Nelson. Sabi niya, it actually took me a lot of time to settle with my current identity. At first, I thought I, I was bisexual. As soon as I read more articles, the Nick Nelson style, about the other spectrums, and I realized that pansexual fits me more. You know, I can, the thing about queer media is, yung mga parents natin, parang if, na, I don't know if na-experience na rin to, pero na-experience ko siya na when I'm watching like gay, gay people kissing and everything, parang lagi nilang sinasabi na parang contagious siya, nakakahawa, na huwag ka manood yan, baka maging bakla ka, ganun. And my question to that is, lumaki akong puro straight pinapanood, bakit ba ding ba rin ako ngayon? So true, diba? That's the and, thing. Yes, Hindi siya contagious. Like, Hindi siya exactly, nakakahawa. Like, you can't, you know, being gay is not contagious. It's not a virus. Um, yeah, and like, you know, kids grow up watching Disney movies and what do Disney movies have? You know, Disney princesses, um, a lot of, you know, kiss scenes between, you know, the prince and the princess and that is viewed as normal and that is viewed as child-friendly because apparently, you know, it's heteronormative and then suddenly if two girls or two boys are doing it, it's suddenly viewed as inappropriate. But my question there is that, what's so wrong about it? right and like just because a child is watching you know straight media doesn't mean they're gonna turn out straight in the same way that 
just because a child is exposed to um, queer media doesn't mean they're gonna be queer. Being queer is innate within us. It's something that is born within us. It's our identity. We're not gonna get it from anywhere else but ourselves. And I think that's a great way to set up, to actually talk about the reality of it all, especially it's so different how we discuss queerness and um, being part of the community and social media because on Twitter it is a much more supportive environment since we are caught in this in these echo chambers of people with the same beliefs as us but when we actually face the real world it's much more difficult to express ourselves because um, we have to come out to people that we've known our whole lives or we have to face them with our newfound um, identity and expression, way of expression. So um, I think one of the questions asked in our um, <laughs> Excel, what do you call that? Our Google form is that if, you're, if they were comfortable sharing, how would they describe their families or friends reaction of in them coming out so i want to read something here um, because i kind of relate to it so it says that i haven't come out explicitly but no there's like a lot of views i'm just gonna but i have dropped some hints here and there to my family lol um they'd asked me if i have crushes or something then i'd respond that i don't and or i don't think I'd ever have a crush on someone shortly after they just teased me about it saying that I don't have to be shy and that I can tell them so parang ito yung sinasabi natin kanina na um, it's kind of required to have a crush I don't know even in our families who are very strict about having relationships especially in the Filipino households it's not it's like to have a boyfriend that like it's it's a different world okay and then it It'd be followed by the ever dreadful makakahanap ka rin yan magkakakrush ka rin, bata ka pa lang and I'm like, bro that's not how it works anyway, I have come out to my friends and they're very very supportive about it I often put arrow A's on my softmed bios and cards as long as I'm 100% sure that none of my relatives will ever find it you know and how now, queer people are forced to have like, anak kasi sinasabi nila lagi yeah. na walang mag-aalaga oh sa'yo yes. pagtanda mo oh my god, yeah like, also add to that how you know they would say na ah bata ka pa kaya ayaw mo pero tingnan mo pag laki mo gugustuhin mo din yan I'm like ooh <laughs> decision pinahunahin ako and parang dun pumapasok yung ano like a common argument na ginagawang retirement plan yung mga anak na binuview na lang nila yung anak as someone na alagaan kapag pag laki mo kasi matanda ka na and not uh, nag-anak ka because you want magpalaki ng bata. Exactly. You want really? <laughs> yeah. to grow. You want the child Ginawang to grow. retirement plan yung mga Filipinong bata. It's kind of sad. Yes. And I feel like, yeah, and I feel like this also ties in without, I mean, with, I feel like this also ties with how, you know, people, I mean, parents, a lot of parents, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them do expect their child to have kids and to like be able to also care for them and all of that stuff and i feel like this um connects with how 
people only view queer people as good if they're useful. You know, like if someone is queer, they would say na ah baklasha, pero breadwinner naman, so okay lang. Mm. Just speak. My life story. <laughs> My life story in a nutshell. Because you know, like, and I mean, thankfully, naman, like, unlike other people, I thankfully did not experience any like violence, any any parang malalang bully and everything because ayun nga like kasi since bata I was performing really well na talaga in school and everything so parang that that created a boundary between me and other people na parang kahit bakal ako at least matalino naman ako sa school so wala so okay ka lang what if I mean what about yung other gay yeah. like yeah. if a straight man is pumapatay na ng tao napapatawad pa rin pero right? pwede din lang Exactly. exactly. It's so sad, because yes. I feel like a lot of queer people experience this then. But you have to excel. You have to be good. You have to prove that you're worthy of love when you're queer. But straight people, they have it by default. Exactly. So to tie things with what we're actually talking about right now, um, one of our responses actually from a grade 12 student says that as expected from my conservative family they were shook and a little disappointed i think they said to just keep my attraction limited to boys only but no i don't think i will ha <laughs> good for you bay anyways i didn't push them that much because of the shock they received so for now i'm laying low But I really appreciated their calmness when they talked to me about it. Sa kasabrin nila na hindi daw magiging successful or secured yung future ng mga LGBTQ+. Like, huh? What's the connection? I get that they're concerned for my future, but I guess I would just really have to prove myself that I can live and enjoy my life while being able to love anyone. I love ma, pa, watch me be a success. You know what? Um, for the first part, yes, bae. You don't have you don't have to force yourself to just like boys. No, you should like whoever you want. And for the second part, sabi nila hindi daw magiging successful pag queer ka. They, um, first of all, your identity or your sexual orientation or whatever has nothing to do with your success or your skills or anything. And exactly what you said, like there's no connection there. And I love how you know things like that can really be a downer. For a lot of people, especially for queer people, you know, we're already oppressed, and then you hear those words by. So that's like really something that can bring you down. But I love how you know, not being toxic positive here, but I love how you've made it as an inspiration on how you're gonna be successful and how you're gonna prove to your parents that you can be successful. And yes, babe, you can be successful even if you're queer. Actually, being queer has its benefits too you know like there are things that you can engage in you can explore that is inspired by being queer and let's just say you know about art you can have you can be involved in so many art forms you know like drag or like just art in general um with being queer and that i think is also one of a great stepping stone on you know having a successful career and overall i don't This also ties with the fact that we were um, talking about before how being queer only becomes valid if you're useful. It's something that, you know, something that defines someone's worthiness suddenly. 
when in reality, like you don't have to prove your prove yourself to be successful. You know, just to deserve respect. That is not synonymous. Yeah, like I think that comes from a lot of things, but most of all, it is the fear of not being accepted and the fear of like having to be hyper independent at such a young age and having to like provide for yourself because you know that there you know that someone else's love for you is conditional and it's just sad when you see that in your family long and honestly what is really bringing me to this conversation is this entry from a seventh grader which when i read it first made me really sad and it's still really sad now but basically what wait that on a pronounce yeah basically what he said is uh i'm just gonna quote it ha he said I will come out to my family when I'm 21 and will be a working student so that when the event that they disown me as a part of the family, I have a way to take care of myself and have funds for my education, food, shelter, water, and other necessities. They wrote like an entire paragraph, pa, but I honestly, like not only do I relate to that, but I, I still find it very sad that a lot of queer people are forced into hyper-independency hyper because they know that they can't rely on their family. Yeah, it's really sad also how, you know, as Chriselle have said earlier um, on social media, on Twitter and all of that, um, people are, you know, commonly very open and loving to queer people. Social media becomes an echo chamber within the people that, you know, we resonate with and with the people that we understand. And I think especially now during quarantine where we're not really outside in the real world as much as we used to, um, it's very easy to forget how there are still a lot of people who don't understand, you know, the notion of queerness and all of that. And that also, you know, also kind of defines why um, people, you know, parents, especially from the older generation, still feel like queer people are not worthy, queer people are not celebrated. Um, and it's really sad how, you know, one day someone could feel, you know, really loved and appreciated and embraced um, on social media or with their friends and all of that, but still has to face the sad reality where... I think the saddest part about this, though, is that even though we don't, we're not, you know, we don't, well, we don't, well, well, okay, again, okay, take two. I think the saddest part about this too is that even though we don't really believe in the saying that blood is thicker than water, um, it is inevitable to admit to the fact that us as young people, you know, and mostly minors, um, we do really still heavily depend on our parents with, you know, food and shelter and all of that, but that, at the same time with love and acceptance, um, and especially here in the Philippines where, you know, it's like a very family-oriented country. Um, it's just—it's easy to say that you can just forget your family and get your chosen family, but in reality, that's very hard and very difficult because as much as it hurts you, would still wanna. a lot of people would still want to have a good relationship with their family, and I think that is one of the most painful things about it. It's just, you just want to feel this genuine and sincere connection with the people you're actually biologically related to and not everyone wants to cut ties with their family but sadly not everyone is embraced yeah. by them no i get that it that's kind of like how it is with my family 
Oh, we're getting into oversharing. I really hope they aren't listening to this, but actually, <laughs> I know they said like a few months ago, my little brother came out as trans to them, and parang they recognize the Manila, but it's not like they 100% fully support it, if you know what I mean. Like, it's kind of just a thing that they accept, but they still don't respect his pronouns or his identity. So, ayun, it's like I can't. It's it's like I don't want to disown them because I know like we still have yes. things in common. We still like love each other, I guess. But it's still really hard to navigate then because I really want to like educate them and teach them mm-hmm. about these things. But it's hard when sometimes they can be really close-minded. And I think a lot of other queer people will get that too. Like sometimes like your family can like really love you, but sometimes they just don't get it. I don't know. Um, and I think yeah, this sorry. Like, <laughs> okay, and I guess I think this ties into the fact that um I don't know if you guys also have this or like notice this phenomenon, but queer people, people in the community tend to form friend groups specifically in middle school without even knowing. And I think this is definitely the case with my friend group. Like in middle school we were all kind of like in middle school or like in 7th and 8th grade we were all kind of like the quiet kids and we formed a friend group and then like 4 years later um, we figured out that almost all of us are part of the community and I think the family thing is definitely part of the reason why we tend to just find each other without even knowing it um, they say that you know your friends are a reflection of you and like what you believe in or like what you know you find comfort in and I feel like this is very this is what makes it just so real with queer people and how we just have this magnet for each other you know it's like a radar we don't have to even explicitly say it but once we have this connection you know it's almost like we're literally attracting queer people as friends you know and it's magical and for me um actually i have quite a different story growing up with friends than aya um, personally, um, I was someone who tried my best to become straight, or at least convince myself that I was straight, you know, for so many years. Um, even in high school and middle school, actually it wasn't even until high school, like um, grade 10, that I, you know, I really embraced being queer. But yeah, um, even in middle school, so grade 7 and grade 8, I would, I mean, obviously I would have friends, I would have a lot of them but it almost felt as if I still was not as connected as I would have liked for me to be with them and you know this is not a drag on any of my friends if you're my friend during that time and you're listening to this I am not saying that you're a bad person nor a bad friend you're an amazing friend you're an amazing person but I'm just saying is that you know there's this thing you know there's this one thing that you just can't pinpoint but it feels as if it's missing with a friendship and it wasn't until when I after I came out and finally got myself um a circle of queer friends that I truly found what I was missing you know and it's still up to this day something that I still can't describe I don't think I can put it into words I don't think I can still pinpoint it but it has definitely filled a hole in my heart you know finding queer friends finally yeah, I think that's true for a lot of people then. Like, for example, we got this entry from a Marcy in grade 8. And they said that 
Uh, and they answered the question, like, what was their friend's reaction? And they said, for my friends, they were really proud since the majority of them are also queer and they're really happy that I was comfortable telling them. Yeah, I think it is very important for us. So basically, I just want to sum up the things that we've um, discussed that sometimes, or like most of the time, we form like these friendships with people who not only have like the same beliefs with us because i don't think it's just exclusive to your sexuality or to your gender expression i feel like knowing yourself is way more than that like you're not just your identity you're not just your gender expression and that itself is subjective already so everyone is unique and coming to terms with your identity and who you are and not trying to conform to something that you're not helps you meet uh, genuine people who will be in your life for longer and like they're better quality of friends <laughs> like i remember being um so fake in the grade since i was in the first grade because i was always like i need to conform to these things like oh my god this is trendy i should do this and i feel like that resulted to me coming across as very fake and People can see if you're genuine or not, as well as coming to terms with your identity is not just labeling yourself, but accepting the things that you've discovered about yourself and learning how to live with it. And at the same time, once you actually become your authentic self, you will meet people like Aya and Karen and Jazz and... I know they might not be listening, but Ira and Nikala and Erich, those people, once they've actually known me, and once um, one of my classmates in grade 9 talked to me about actually getting out of my shell and not being so pretentious and um, being the expected outcome or like not doing exactly what's expected of me, but um, doing things my own way that's when I've come to terms with the fact that I can't impress everyone and I can't like no not everyone's gonna be okay with how you express yourself that's already a given especially in this climate of homophobia and racism like things even things that you're born with you're shamed for so accept the we sometimes it's the hard reality but once we accept the fact that this is who we are then that's when we can seek out and accept other people in our lives i love that Grizel. oh my gosh and i really feel like it's so important you know this message of authenticity and i know how hard it is to you know it's just it's so easy to say that oh just be authentic just be yourself but in reality like in practice it's very hard especially um if you if you want to have friends but you feel like people don't really want to talk to you because of the way you are and it's, it's all so very hard especially growing up but you know um, as I've grown I've realized that the reason why I was so you know unhappy or just not contented with the way my life was before was because I was living by the rules of other people I was presenting myself the way other people i thought other people would want to see me and i mean obviously for the time being it kind of worked you know but 
I wasn't really happy with myself and I didn't feel like myself. And it wasn't until, you know, after coming out that I was able to explore myself and like my expression and all of that and tying with what Chriselle said of, you know, you get judged by, you know, everyone um, with everything, even things that you're born with, you get judged with. So it's already a given that not everyone in this world or even in this society is going to like you. And I feel like sometimes, I mean, most of the time, you know, not being liked by someone or just not being liked in general is hurtful and it's sad. But at the same time, you know, for me, I feel like not being it's not that not being liked but like other people not really getting me or like just people not really getting the way someone expresses themselves and i feel like you know obviously being viewed as different or people not really getting you is very difficult and very hurtful but at the same time once you finally get your groove with yourself and once you're comfortable and confident with yourself the opinion of other people who don't really get you doesn't matter anymore you know it's the people who get you it's the people you meet once you become real you know it's like people like as i've said or as chriselle has said um people like aya like jazz like chriselle you know people who really get who you are authentically um is the people whose opinions matter and i mean like it sounds very hypocritical to some point but really if you're expressing yourself the way that you want to and taking life and making it your own that joy within itself um overpowers everything else that's negative by people like that has been said by other people that is so true like lady gala song born this way like you're exactly. beautiful in your way you know and if, makes no mistakes yes. right yes and even if you don't fit you know that stereotypical beauty standard whatever there are still people out there that are gonna find you cool are gonna find you beautiful and you just have to be yourself and just i don't want to say wait but like you just have to be yourself and like they're naturally gonna come to you you know intersubjectivity paso <laughs> philosophy charat um so we're talking about like living with our identities but it's so different in a liberal country rather than a more conservative one like the philippines especially here religion plays a big factor in our lives and um it's easy to assume in social media that um, everything that we're doing is acceptable because um, it is basically connecting the world to different ideology, like connecting us to different parts of the world with different ideologies and different conditions. But in the Philippines, it's, or in Asian countries, and even in like um, mostly Christian countries, it's so stigmatized and taboo. And there's like certain, it's so conditional. And I think, um, I think we've discussed this earlier, earlier, but would you like to say something? Like, does anyone want to say something about um, acceptance in the Philippines being conditional? That's really true, especially now, you know, um, like internet language and all of that. Um, I think we can all agree that it's very heavily derived from you know, AAVE, um, 
LGBT language, um, especially here in the Philippines, Becky lingo, you know, a lot of people. And it's nice to see that, you know, a lot of people natutuwa na doon, you know, they're like proudly using it. But at the same time, you know, as you've said, yeah, it's kind of like a double-edged short sword where, you know, it's fun, pero once it gets deeper, you know, people really get comfortable with all of that and Sometimes, you know, as they say, parang pinagkakatuwaan lang nila and all of that. Pero they don't realize na sometimes it's below the belt na and it becomes very hurtful. You know, and just because you're this like funny, like happy, go lucky, outgoing person, parang you don't have this right na para ma-hurt ka even though you're, you feel like you're being attacked na, diba? And like, you know, sometimes they don't even recognize it because it's microaggressions you know with you know something that straight people aren't really aware of and it's just sad now you know you become kind of like this um and it kind of it's it it kind of is not a really good term but you're kind of this you know class clown you know you're just there to make people laugh where they don't really um, acknowledge what you're feeling inside and just because and also just because someone is very joyful you know and this especially applies with gay people just because they're you know known as like the people who joke a lot or like they're very fun doesn't mean that they don't have problems anymore because most of the time gay people i mean obviously as you said it like if they're entertaining then they're accepted you know most of the time, they just use humor as their coping mechanism with um, what's really going on with their lives because you never really know what what's going on with their lives. So I think one of the things that's super, super scary in the Philippines because it's I mean, it's scary in general to reveal that part of yourself to people you actually you care about and love. But it's scary because you don't know if they will see you differently or if they will still love you. Because you've never tested the bounds of their love, if you get what I mean. So um, there's like a bunch of answers here, but I'm just going to read one entry. Like, I don't really see myself coming out to my parents because they show signs of homophobia, mostly my father. My mother doesn't really show that much signs, but it gets scary when she asks if I'm a lesbian or not. Mother dear, half and half ako, half straight, half lesbian, basically bisexual. This doesn't seem like a rant vent at all, but I just wanted to express what I feel and I feel pressured. I feel like yun din yung mga sinabi nina just kanina. Like, you're only accepted if you can... Ma- like if you can make others laugh like I feel like uh, the most prominent there is um what do you call this um Vice Ganda and like those comedians on TV like it's okay because they make us laugh but it's not like if you take that away and you just see them casually on the streets and um expressing themselves in their preferred gender then you will like sometimes at the pamer pang isang na na kita dito like I can't help but feel embarrassed for my family sometimes. Mind you that they know I'm openly gay, but they still use gay as an insult and as a label to people. It really upsets me that they act like this. There's a time where I was watching a show with gay characters and they kept reacting like they're disgusted. And I think I've experienced this too when I was watching One Day at a Time with my father. Um, it was very unsettling and people were... And I remember he told me like, Kapag ganyan ka, like, diba there was a scene there where 
Lupe accepted Elena's uh, sexuality, but my dad, while watching that scene, um, he was like Malian, and what do you call this? He was like Malian, and kapag nag sabi ka sa akin ng ganyan, ano hindi kita tatangkatan or something like that. Still, let me continue with the entry. Um, it made me realize that they would never accept me for being gay. I tried not to have it affect me, but they're my parents and I love them. But it hurts so, it hurts to clearly see that they will likely never accept me for me. I'm letting this be shared so people like me feel a lot less alone. It will be okay someday. Let, let's all hope someday, if not us, that the next generation won't have to go through the same thing. Exactly, you know, and I feel like it really is the little things that matter the most because I mean Obviously, you know, some parents could be like just outright homophobic and that's very very sad But it's also these things that you know, sometimes there are parents who you know aren't outright homophobic Don't really say that. Oh, I don't like gay people and all of that Pero it's their little gestures like that that makes their children question, hmm, like, is act- being, gay- being gay actually alright with them? And I feel like this is, like, the case for, like, most people, you know? Because um, I do see a lot of responses here, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna be reading, you know, um, one in particular, but I do see a lot on here that says that I, you know, they have not come out yet to their parents not because they are like scared or like that they know they're homophobic but they're just unsure um of their reaction and that's what they're scared of so it really is those you know those little things that make children unsure of like how their parents are gonna accept who they really are yeah okay actually i can tap in i i can like relate that um statement dito sa sinabi ng isa kasi parang um, parents have this sort of double standards sa pag-accept ng mga anak nila and sa pagpapalaki kasi sabi nga dito ng isang grade 8 na nag-response sabi niya, it's sad and disappointing to see parents prefer a criminal son than a gay son. So parang if if we compare these two people who have the same qualities same same silang pariwara, same silang nabubuli, same nagaguidance but the only difference is yung isa is straight and isa gay parang yung weight yung weight ng kasalanan is heavier on the gay side and i think that's a double standard na parang um kalat sa mga magulang kaya there are mga anak na natatakot pa rin mag-open sa mga magulang nila exactly you know and i mean as young people as kids it's inevitable to make mistakes alam yun, like no matter how good a person is they will make mistakes you know and sometimes it could be you know not really good a mistake and you know it really is that double standard na they kind of make being gay as the scapegoat and the reason why their child you know acted not in the way that they would want to you know parang bi- like they blame it on being gay Kaya, yeah. like, they, did they did something wrong. Something. When in reality, maybe there's, maybe like there's more reasons behind it. You know, maybe they're struggling. Maybe they have a hard time with themselves. Maybe they just want to have open communication. Pero no, a lot of people just think na ah, dahil gay lang yan, kaya ganyan yung ugali niya. You know, and that's really sad. Oh my god, 
Okay, a thing about that scapegoat na sinabi mo is like, um, I, pers- I actually personally experienced that kasi since, yeah, since then, parang achiever na ganito, ako ganon, maraming awards, ganito, if um, kukongratulate ako ng mga like relatives, ganon, and ng mga friends, ng parents ko, like, hi, congratulations, ang galing-galing-galing mo naman. Lagi siyang may kasunod na the phrase na kaso ba din, kaso bakla, na parang nai-invalidate lahat ng efforts, ng pinaghirapan, ng achievements namin dahil sa identity namin. And that's really infuriating. Right? Like, alam mo yun, like, I already achieved, wow, achieved this achievement. <laughs> wow. Pero like, it's so sad how parang they tie in being gay as something that just automatically degrades someone, you know? And speaking of, you know, conditionals and all of that, yung kaso, ganon, um, there's actually also another entry here um, saying that members, um, LGBTQ plus members, are shamed religiously and get hated on a lot. And this, a lot of people say na, sayang, ang ganda o pogi mo pa naman. Kaso bakla ka. And I also, and I really do believe na, you know, that's also something na parang synonymous or like similar dun sa condition na, ay, ang galing, and all of that. Kaso bakla. But this is also like, alam nyo yan, like, obviously, physical looks, maganda, or pogi, or whatever. I mean, it's subjective, and it's superficial, but in a way, you know, as young people, it's also, you know, very important then to be validated, um, especially since we're in a period of our lives where we're very vulnerable to opinions, and we just need to feel more confident about ourselves. And it's really sad how even if, you know, other people, parang they're you know, quote-unquote intent nga is good to say na parang, ay, ang ganda naman or ang pogi naman, kaso bakla, as if, like, sayang, and, like, the word sayang too, and, like, as if physical looks only matters when you're attracting the opposite gender, and that's really sad because the way that you look and the way that you present physically, first and foremost, just affirms your identity and just you know, it expresses what you feel inside. And I also, and I feel like I also kind of relate to that because um, some of you may know this, but I'm a makeup artist. And I feel like, you know, the art of makeup is very diverse, but still a lot of people view it as, you know, it's something girly. It's something that women do. And sometimes, you no, know, I get these comments na, Hala, ang galing mo naman mag-makeup. Ang ganda mo. Pero, like, it's also kind of um, passive-aggressive na. Like, pero bakla naman. Or, like, gusto mo naman. But, you know, like, there's also this stereotype din kasi na for, like, queer women. Parang you have to be masculine and all of that. Tapos parang, like, it just doesn't make sense, diba? Like, you know, like, some people really start with parang, like, praising you and then biglang gagawin yung ano bakla ka yeah na parang lahat na ng compliments nagiging backhanded na kahit uh, never yes. naman kahit naman hindi nila sinabi pero it feels like it na na after kanila i-compliment ini-insult kanila because of your identity behind 
Exactly. Exactly. And yung pag and yung backhandedness talaga niya is yung pinaka hurtful sometimes. Kasi alam mo, sometimes I would much rather you, you know, tell it to my face na you don't like what I'm doing. Pero if you're using my identity as gay as like a backhanded insult, parang that hurts more, di ba? No, I think that's true because there's so much of a stigma. I feel like nung mga bata rin tayo, laging tinatag na tom, bakla tomboy or something like that. Like, I, may nakita ko dito na isang entry. Like, I just despise when people use tomboy instead of lesbian. That they already have a predetermined idea of you based on the things not related to you. I've had girls who are like, I hope you don't have a crush on me. The stereotype is being pushed on kids who don't know enough about themselves. And when that happens, they might as well believe that's what they are. We've forgotten our past, our ancestors, the queer and trans babaylan of the past revered with power revered 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 with power and a position close to the spirits and vathala because of being a third gender being able to know those times happened it still brings back my faith in um it still brings back my faith in everything that's going on i'm lucky enough really with at least understanding adults but some kids my age will never age never grow up and never learn meeting again with old classmates still brings me back trauma when i had felt pressure to be something i wasn't and the fear of being the thing i don't want and being imposed like i really agree with i really agree with the like the stereotype being pushed on kids who doesn't know who don't know enough about themselves because They just think that ah, maybe that's who I am. Because when we were kids, we we were compliant to the people around us. Because um, we didn't know that much. We were gullible. We act like we wanted to grow up so fast. But at the same time, we were clueless about the things around us. So we just imitated what's there. And when people tell you that you're this, it's easy to believe that you're that. Meron bang gusto mag-add don? Sorry guys, medyo galit yung ano ko. <laughs> medyo passionate <laughs> na galit. Deserve, actually. Like, I also really agree with that. To the point na, alam mo yon. like, they really... And also the, the word tomboy, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this is actually kind of... This is very controversial, honestly. Um, in social media, I think... I, I don't really remember specifically when, but there was a time when this was a, an entire discourse, no? Like, the usage of the word tomboy as a description, or, like, basically a Tagalog translation of lesbian. Um, and come to think of it, yeah. I mean, like, here in the Philippines, you know, I don't really think there is a much, like, what do you call this? Like, a much popular coin term for lesbian, like, in Filipino than tomboy. And I think that's, like, you know... If you talk about tomboy in the aspect now, in the Philippine language, it's more on translates um, girls who also like girls. So like queer women, like sapphic women, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, tomboy also has this um, meaning na just girls who act boyish or act masculine. And I think this really ties on how, you know, there is the stereotype of how if a girl likes other girls then people expect them you know to act masculine yeah no i relate to that like for some point in my life lesbian was my label and i always felt this pressure like even though i was such like a girly girl i was such 
I, I really do embrace my feminine. I really did and still do embrace my femininity. And I remember feeling this sort of pressure that like in a lesbian relationship, there's always one super girly one and there's always one yes. who's like in flannels, wearing all the typical lesbian stuff. And like, yes, <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into the conversation of whether or not that is true, but I think stereotypes in general or things that generalize a specific community of people are bad, right? Yeah. Yes, and also this is very um, relevant with one of our other responses that says, for me, it's the fact that homosexuality is so stereotyped in media. I felt as if I wasn't lesbian because I didn't have that stereotypical short hair and generally masculine traits, which is what we were talking about before, you know, that like masculinity presented um, being, you know, kind of synonymous to being a lesbian or like being a queer woman and all of that and the reality is you know again coming back to what you were saying the way you express yourself that has nothing to do um with your with your like with your sexual orientation and also with um what Aya was saying um there it's it kind of is like a weird thing how even in same-sex relationships, people still love to force this idea on how there should always be the boy one and then the girl one in a relationship. Exactly. And like, isn't the, isn't the point of same-sex relationship same-sex? <laughs> like, um, if it's two girls in a relationship, the entire point is that there are two girls. Yes. Those two girls wanted to be with yes. each other because they didn't want a boy so why would exactly. they need to have a boy when that is what they oh don't gosh. want you know and it's not and relationships hello this is one of my most favorite metaphors or like analogies whatever but like relationships are not spoons and forks you know it's not a pair that is different from each other that work together mama same-sex relationships are like chopsticks they are two sticks they are two things of the same thing but they work together effectively and they get the absolutely. job absolutely actually can i speak on this because even though lesbian is not my label anymore i definitely do relate to the feeling of like uh like being a girl who likes other girls but still feeling like men have to be at the center of your relationship and i think this is a result of the patriarchy right and i think like a lot of lesbians can relate to this but it feels it's 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 just hard because every single because there's like wait down it's just hard because not only is there not a lot of representation that is 100 percent positive and fluff and doesn't involve men but like even if it is like a full but like, wait down. But even if you do see yourself on screen, even if you see yourself represented, it's usually in a very male gazy way. It's very sexualized. It's very much like, oh, you can kiss girls, but only if it's for guys. And it's always, and you always feel the pressure of like, who is the guy in the relationship? Or maybe I only like girls because guys think it's hot. Think it's hot. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, this isn't very coherent, but my point is. Patriarchy affects everyone, but especially lesbians, because there's this feeling that you have to have men at the center of your of your relationship, when that's not true at all. Right? It's like you know, they are still forced to have this 
male figure even though the main oh, in my case in my <laughs> in my case naman kasi uh, you know how sa um, sa male to male relationships there's always the like sino lalaki sa inyo sinong babae sa inyo sino yung T sino yung B yeah you know yeah. like you know naman sino yung T sino yung B right yeah. and actually nagresonate sa akin because it's really hard for me as a, like a gay man na super tall parang naghihinder yung physical appearance sa akin into finding parang into like pumasok sa isang relationship or to something because parang I have I still have this stereotypical um uh, requirement in my mind na parang like sa isang relationship there should be someone na dominant and there should be someone na parang hmm, ganun-ganun lang so it's really hard na nag-resonate siya sa akin <laughs> as someone six-footer na ba din? Right, and also I think this is also how, alam yun, like, physical appearance automatically dictates, like, how people expect you to present. Like, yun nga, as you've said, you know, you feel like you being tall, parang it hinders, like, your full expression. Parang, since you're tall, people just expect you to, you know, be, like, very masculine, be, like, you know, the dominant. And I'm not saying that, like, you don't want that, but I'm saying, like, you know, it's just hard when people expect things from you that you don't really resonate with. And parang, it also hinders you talaga from finding, like, a partner because, I mean, obviously, even within the LGBT community, um, not everyone has the same understanding as, you know, a lot of people. Um, and it's really hard to find partners na parang they don't get what you're trying to say you know so i guess um to wrap like this entire um topic up um i just want to read this one entry i'm saying that i figured that i have had this internalized homophobia towards myself for such a long time that i didn't even realize that i was queer myself I remember being nervous around female identifying people, especially when skinship is involved, and I guess I just brushed it off as being an introvert or something. This also happened with male identifying ones. Like I've said, major realized ko na lang to about one to two years ago, and even now I'm still questioning myself if totoong abato or if I'm just doing this for attention. Cause see, I don't know. Again, it's just this thought now. What I'm not that I'm not really a part of the spectrum and this is all just influenced by external factors like my peers or naman, social media diba like i'm just telling that to myself that i'm this or that sexuality pero baka hindi naman talaga i don't know if this is a me thing or what pero ayun i just really want to be able to confirm whatever this is para hindi na magulo sa utak ko hehe <laughs> and you know the um internalized homophobia thing i think this is one of you know the like the common denominators usually with people who spend a lot of time closeted it's the fact that they themselves have this you know obviously like internalized yeah. homophobia not parang like it stop it really stops them from being true to themselves and i think this ties in with what we were talking about earlier now as you like the stereotypes and all of that um how you know people push this straight propaganda um onto children and how that on top of the physical aspects na standards can really build this 
not just internalized homophobia, but this like weird standard within ourselves. We have to conform with this or else it's wrong, you know? Um, and it's really hard to grow out of it, you know? It's really, commend it's really commendable how, you know, a lot of people, especially, you know, young people are able to grow out of it. Pero it's a very difficult process, Teraga. And it's also really sad, but also really relatable, honestly. Seeing that there are a lot of people still questioning their, not just the label that they identify with, but basically the sheer fact that are they even queer to begin with. And like, I think that is something that, first of all, should not even be a problem in the mm. first place. I don't think anyone should even feel the need to be stressed or confused to figure out if yeah, they're exactly. queer because I mean again you can identify as anything that you want um, as long as you're comfortable yeah. with it and I really do believe that it also plays in, into part how you know you still ask for other people's validation parang they would agree with you now oh yeah you're queer yeah no, I relate to that so much. And honestly, that's one yeah. of the reasons why I kind of rushed into coming out when I was younger because I wanted to be seen, yes. I wanted to be validated by other queer people or by other people in general. Like, because mm -mm. in my head, I know this is so like messed up, but in my head, if someone was homophobic towards me, like, of course I'd be sad, but also I'd be like, okay, you recognize yeah. my identity then. <laughs> so I guess that's a semi win. Mm -mm. Like, no, I relate to this so much, right? Especially the part where they said right? like, like I, nga ba to, yeah. or I'm doing this or if I'm doing this for attention. Like oh my yes. gosh. That's such a hard thing to navigate as a and child. I, Go, yeah. sorry. And I feel like one of the determining factors if you're doing it for your for yourself or if you're just doing it for attention is that just just think of yourself when you're alone. Okay, when you're alone and no one else is around, if you're still thinking that and if you're still acting like that, then baby, maybe you really are like queer. You know, you do people who do things just for attention only do it in front of other people. So if you're doing it with yourself, just for yourself, I don't know who needs to hear this, yeah. <laughs> If you're not, if you're still doing it when you're alone, then that's not Absolutely. doing it for anyone. I don't know who needs to hear you this, know? but we are validating uh, you right now. If you have been questioning your identity yes, and we are validating. you just want to stick with unlabeled or queer, you are valid. And I swear you don't have to figure out yes. everything right now. Like you can just call yourself queer or unlabeled or uh, there's you know, nothing with being close. There's no rush. Absolutely. And parang so yeah. true. Marinate yourself. Right? You should be so coming true. out on your you know? own terms. Marinate. <laughs> yeah, marinate yourself. You know, have fun. And you know, this also ties in with how there are people. You know, coming out of the closet, coming out in general is like a big thing with being queer. That's like the main thing of being queer. You know, um, and first of all, no one should ever even feel the need to come out. You know. I feel like coming out is such, I mean, it's good, but like it's kind of overrated, personally. I mean, like, no one, um, like, no one is responsible for a coming out just to validate their identity. But I mean, also, there are, there are 
various reasons why, you know, people choose to not come out. I mean, obviously, one of the most obvious factors is that, you know, they're, they're scared of homophobia and they're scared of, of all of that. But there are also some people who just choose not to come out because they don't want to and that they're already comfortable with the state that they're in. Um, and I don't really think anyone should pressure anyone into coming out, especially no one should ever out someone if they're not yet, like, you Absolutely. know, publicly out. And also, and I think that is also one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of people are still not confident in coming out is because they're unsure of their sexuality. But again, remember, you don't have to box yourself into one yeah, yeah, label. Yeah. Sorry. You know, there are a lot of other labels. And um, actually, especially para dun sa mga naguguluhan pa yung utak, no? So... As they said nga, ayun nga, I just really want to be able to confirm whatever this is para hindi na nga magulo utak ko. So speaking of mga naguguluhan ng utak, what can we do ba? You know, para sa na- mga naguguluhan ng utak, what can we do to ease that confusion and to make them feel like, you know, it's okay not to know things? I, yeah, no, I get that. Um, I guess what all I can say is that I, when I first came out, I came out as a pansexual person, and then eventually I came out as a lesbian, and then eventually I realized I had a gender crisis, so I realized my gender, so then I came out as non-binary, and then I came out as bi, and then I came out as all these different labels, and because at the end of the day, we don't choose our attraction or our gender, we just get to choose our labels, and whatever is comfortable with you, and whatever works for you in yeah, the moment, you know, if that's what you want, what then can so we be do? it sa um school base since we are no since um like we're senior high school doing this for the school naman actually these kinds of activities helps talaga and with that i think that having like one particular like um a leader or an organization that focuses on the queers like i know there's gender in development but if there is something na makaka-focus pa more sa mga queers like um do programs um like just create an environment that's healthy for the queers sa schools would be like a big help sa lahat even sa closeted ones and even actually sa street ones yeah so i think what we can do is to have someone who is knowledgeable enough sa nangyayari sa mga like queer people sa, sa people sa diverse community of soji kasi you know how like like bl B, um voice love i ho- wait homosexual okay you know how like homosexual books written by straight people hindi siya masyadong mm. flop siya yeah. flop, flop era ang panget <laughs> And with that, yeah. I think flop, that flop. yung magmamanage, <laughs> yung dapat na nagde-decision for the well-being of us is knowledgeable talaga doon sa mga nangyayay. Of course, para maganda rin yung mga programs. And that's it. School base. Exactly, you know. It really is the queer people themselves yeah. na nakakagets dun sa struggle That's why we are called the community of, like, other queer peoples and especially know how to soothe what they need Tama! Wow. Tama so much! Yes. Speaking of things that SSG can do to promote a more 
LGBTQ plus positive space. I wanted to read one of the entries then, which is basically someone from ah, si grade, yung taga grade 12. They said na gender in- inclusivity and education about different genders would be great. Actually, I wanted to read an entry from a seventh grader, and they basically said that we should encourage dialogue and awareness about LGBTQ plus topics, and make greater strides in maintaining gender equality in the school, whether it be online or face to face. Ayon. They also wrote like an entire <laughs> paragraph, pa, but it's basically that idea, and I definitely think that is part of our mission. Um, I guess like it's not. Explicitly stated, but as part of SSG, I think we should be striving to create a community that is inclusive of everyone and a kind of school community that you can rely on and that you can feel safe in, right? And I think that's also one of the purposes of this podcast, which was to create a way for us as Basians to be able to communicate with each other. Ayon. Exactly, you know, and I really feel like this. Whatever we're doing right now, whatever SSG is doing right now for the queer community, especially during Pride Month, is something that is extremely special. Alam yon, kasi even if we're a school, alam yon. I love how we still focus on things beyond academics. I mean, obviously, science high school, you know, we have that badge of you know STEM, of course. Pero being intelligent is more than just you know being good in academics it's being well-rounded it's being a good person and it's having a heart really and i feel like especially with the forum or like just the q a that we did with the forums i really hope that it was somehow cathartic for those students na even if you know it was under aliases um i hope that they were i hope that they were given this safe space To voice out opinions and things about themselves that may they may not, may have never told anyone, you know. And I am also just very proud of everyone who, you know, shared their stories because the fact that they shared that is already such a brave thing to do. And I really hope that we somehow lifted a weight from your chest if ever you're carrying one, and if you're not, then I just hope that you know. You realize that you brighten someone's day, and that you helped other kids and other people who were struggling to make at peace with themselves. Absolutely, and I hope we can continue that, um, even if the podcast is kind of low-key ending. I guess for this school year, because end of school year now. Not sure if the next SSG will continue <laughs> it. Hopefully, they do. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they do. <laughs> Uh, hopefully, I don't know if I'll still be. I I don't know if Crystal and I will still be the hosts for the Basian podcast next year. But no matter what, I hope this podcast. I hope this yeah. project continues even after our time in basic science. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly with that, after our time in basic science, you know, it's not just a story of like next year or like next SSG or whatever. I hope this continues <laughs> with the rest of. The batches for us. Yeah, that and I hope like school, you know. Oh, fine, no. Like, what up? Okay, how do we settle the legacy here? and I think like, alam yun. It's, it really was such a special moment that we had here, and I mean, 
Obviously, we've talked a lot. We've covered so many topics, and we've said so much opinions, shared so many stories. But there is still an endless amount of more stories, more struggles, more things to share about being a queer person. That really, this podcast is just scratching the surface. But regardless, I really do hope that whoever. Listens to this, you know, somehow is enlightened、um, with their minds and also with their days. I hope, you know, we made someone smile today. We made someone realize themselves today, and I really do believe that the important message here is: there's nothing wrong with being confused. There's nothing wrong with being scared. But the important thing here is that you. Are confident enough to embrace who you are, because the sheer fact of just accepting yourself, you know, let you know, like let's forget for a moment. Let's forget about telling other people, coming out to your friends, whatever. Just accepting that fact within yourself is something that is gonna set you free. So, if you are going to take just like one thing from this, it's that just look into yourself. And just think, am I really the person that I think of myself? Am I really being true to myself? And I want everyone to just be true to themselves and just be authentic and just you know be unafraid、yes. of you know just what do you call that like accepting whoever、mm-hmm. you are because you don't. Have to tell it to other people automatically. It's that's not something that is required for you to do. But the fact that you're accepting that with yourself is one of the biggest steps you can、Absolutely. take in your life. And I guess this is becoming like a mini pep talk now for any、uh, young、yeah. people, <laughs> for any of the younger batches,、um, especially if you're queer listening. We're just gonna give a mini pep talk,、um, and I think I, I want to shout out a lot of people, but. Mostly, I want to give some comfort. Nang na, it's okay if you haven't figured out your labels yet, and it's okay if you're still switching in between labels. If you're still unsure, if sometimes you feel like you're not gay enough or not queer enough to consider yourself part of the community, like all these feelings are really hard to deal with, especially at a young age. And I just want to say I'm really proud of the person listening to this, especially since you probably got through this. Um, longer than one hour podcast. Hopefully, it'll be less when we edit it down. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hopefully, you know, the time is absolutely. Worth it. And ikaw, Karen, and 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 ikaw, Crystal, and Jazz. Is there anything you want to say? Yeah, as my outro, I want to read this one response from、um, a pasien. Um, they said, "Hope the podcast is doing well." And to those who are listening that are either confused of their sexuality or is afraid to come out, you should take your time. You don't have to rush yourself just because you may see other people freely and confidently being queer. And I hope you see yourself in one of these stories that they will share, and you'll know that you are not alone. Ayan. Sana sa mga um um close at pasigans. I hope that sa mga next batch ng mga Podcast, Pride Podcast, and G Forms, para ma-express yung sarili. Sana by the time makasagot na kayo. Sana by the time you are now confident of your sexuality. 
Ayun, and I think that's the perfect way to end this. We just hope that you guys and girls and non-binary gals, anyone who's listening to this, had a wonderful time. And we hope that you felt seen from this podcast. And of course, let us know if there's anything that we could do to create with them. And of course, let us know if there's anything we can do as SSG or as podcasters to create a more inclusive environment. Because all we want talaga is... For our fellow Pasians to feel loved and seen. Say something, guys. Yeah, I think yeah. that wraps up <laughs> Pride's special. <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> I think that's about it, <laughs> Yes, that's about it. And I would just like to give a big thank you to... Chriselle yeah. and Aya for having you. us as your guest for wanna, this very special episode. Like, I think, honestly, like Karen, I know this is very similar to the conversations we have like every night because <laughs> we love talking yeah, about this, but right? But like, you know, and I'm so glad absolutely. it's finally in a podcast. But like for some reason, yeah. But like for some reason, talking about this in this setting, you know, it still feels fresh, even if you know we kind of talk about it like every day. Yeah, it's still it's it still is. nice, it and it still feels fresh, it's and it's always relevant. And now it's you know? not it's, just it's for really the three nice. of us. Marami naring mahapulot, yeah. right? Yeah, They're basically just they're you guys are just basically having a glimpse of like one of our regular <laughs> yeah, basically. Ayon, <laughs> and, and, I really, I honestly, I doubt that teachers or parents are listening to this but if they are I hope that you yeah. guys wait now I hope that you learned something and are able to put yourself in your child or student's shoes um ayun I, I just hope exactly. this is very insightful for people and yes yes and also to the adults yeah. the parents and the teachers listening to this we are so proud of you Paul now you're open enough to you know hear the thoughts of the students of the younger people and to you know accept um their identities and to just listen to their stories because that really is a very special thing you know just adults finding time and respect for um young people's thoughts and opinions that is really truly Absolutely. special and i think we've just been procrastinating saying the outro but thank you so much for listening fellow physicians and we hope that you had a great time